1: Hey guys, it's Janelle checking in and I'm still at home. Being home in Pennsylvania for so long has been inconvenient, but I'm starting to see that it's not such a bad thing. I'm finally getting into a regular workout routine and that could be like from home workouts or doing hikes around local parks. I've also spent a lot more time taking care of my hair, which is something I've been saying I would do for a long time. And now I'm actually saving money instead of spending, which is a dramatic change for my life.
0: Hey guys, welcome back to another episode of Melanin and Miles. Today we are actually interviewing Angel and Angel is an international educator originally from Brooklyn, New York, but he's now living in Costa Rica, not only as an educator, but also a podcast host. He is the host of In Living Color Abroad, a podcast where black and brown people from all over the world tell their stories about travel and living abroad. We are so excited to have Angel on today because we actually got to be on his podcast a few weeks ago, and we will make sure to link that into our show notes so you guys guys can go listen to that. So thank you, Angel, for coming on today.
2: No, thank you for having me on. Glad to be on.
0: Awesome. So just to start off, can you give us a brief background about yourself and maybe how you got into traveling?
2: All right. So as you said, I'm from Brooklyn, New York. Uh, I was born and raised there. My parents, I'm second generation. My parents immigrated from Dominican Republic to New York City. Um, uh, so my background is in music because so I'm a music teacher, music education. That's so what I went to college for in New York City. I play piano, guitar, mostly jazz background. Um, as far as I got to traveling, I got to traveling really late, actually. I want to say my first ever trip, like besides without my family, right? Like as a kid going to Dominican Republic, uh, would be when I was about 23, 24. I went to actually California, San Francisco. a group of friends of mine that was like my first actual (laughs) adult trip uh and i felt really like independent it was at first it was kind of awful because i was because i realized what it was like to travel with friends and a part first part was actually really terrible i kind of hated it but then you know you learn from those experiences i'm like oh it's actually really cool like i could travel get to meet different places you know different things adapt to situations um and then i started to solo travel actually which is a big part of how i kind of got to costa rica um, my first solo trip was to Montreal, and I went there for New Year's. And that was kind of scary <laughs> and crazy, but it was like an experience like like no other. And um, yeah, and then I just kept traveling and traveling. And eventually, uh, I went to a job fair. Costa Rica gave me an offer among other countries and other schools, and I am here. <laughs>
1: nice. So, how long do you plan to stay in Costa Rica?
2: That is a great question. So as of now, I signed a contract uh, through next year. So at minimum two years. But the other part of it is that I'm trying to fulfill a master's program that they do through a school in in London called King's College of London. And it's a free master's program. So when I heard about that, I'm like, oh, I like no debt. That sounds fun. Um, (laughs) So I'm, I'm literally in the midst of applying and writing my research proposal. Um, so that's been fun through, you know, doing that, being quarantined. Um, so if that if that all goes well, I should at least be here a minimum of three years. But if let's say, you know, for whatever it doesn't work out, probably two years, and I might book it. But I don't know. But that's at least that's the preliminary, <laughs> that's the preliminary at least thought in my mind as far as like time timeline is concerned.
1: Wow. So I know you traveled a lot. Did you like experience any culture shock or any other shocks when you moved to Costa Rica?
2: Um, yeah. So the funny thing is that people think that, you know, like, oh, yeah, you know, you speak Spanish, that pastor Costa Ricans, like, I look like the locals a lot. That it would just be like seamless, but it hasn't been that way at all. Um, yeah. There's parts where you obviously knowing the language helps a great deal. But the moment I speak Spanish, they know that I'm not from there because different, you know, as you guys are probably aware, different Spanish countries have different dialects. So they're like, "Where are you from?" <laughs> and I'm like, "Shit, great, this didn't work out." <laughs> so, uh, and they also, and also being that you know, even though I am Latino, like I am American, right? Like I was born and raised in America in New York. So there's a huge gap in like the culture between you know here, Costa Rica feels like a very small town. Like even the capital, you know, like San Jose has like a million people compared to New York City, has 8 million people, you know? So it's, and the whole country is 4 million people, right? So it's just, it feels very small compared to like what I was used to and growing up in America and specifically in New York City. And as far as like culture shock, for sure. So one thing I've noticed about Costa Ricans, and I can say this because Costa Ricans told me this as well. So it's not like me shitting on Costa Ricans right now. So the one thing <laughs> I've noticed about Costa Ricans is, is that They never want to appear like give off a bad impression of themselves. What I mean by that is that let's say you say, hey, we should hang out. They would literally say yes. Not like, oh, yeah, let's make it happen. No, they would say, yes, I will hang out with you. And it would never happen. And I'm not saying that I experienced that personally, but I've seen that like just in conversations with people that they would just like be very like, yeah, that sounds good. Let's do it. And very like, you know, like, oh, positive, not just like, you know, because what I would do is situation I wanna hang out, I'm like, yeah, I gotta look at my schedule. You know, you make up some excuse. <laughs> you don't, you don't just say, Yeah, this sounds great, let's do it, and then you don't hear a word from anybody like this. So I've seen that kind of in action in different ways across like my job professionally and personally. So it's just a very interesting thing. And it's hard not to judge it as like a negative characteristic, right? Like, yo, that's kind of fucked up. Like how you just by the way, sorry, can I curse? I didn't I didn't ask you that. It's fine it's fine I'll try to keep it to the minimum So I curse a lot I'll keep, I'll keep it I'll try to cut off the cursing I forgot to ask that question sorry um uh where was that now I got to cut off a lot of language no, no no so you know it was just kind of strange. it was just kind of strange for me to uh come across that as New Yorkers we just tend to be very just upfront about stuff about how we feel and the way we approach certain, certain situations so that has been a, a learning curve and like they're just very uh Again, they don't want to give up give off a bad face or impression. So I would say that's definitely one of them.
0: Gotcha. That's that's interesting. I mean that applies to I say like Los Angeles living in LA, people are like that. But it's more because maybe not culturally, just because people in LA are fake. Anyways <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, let's get into talking about like teaching. So how um, is teaching in Costa Rica compared to New York? Um, and did you teach in like public schools in New York or like private schools? Because I know New York education is like very different. Um, yeah, it's different. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, Give us some context on like in New York and then like getting to Costa Rica and how teaching is different.
2: Yeah, for sure. So in New York, I taught at, um, before I even became a teacher, I worked like at an after school program at this like private music school. And I was giving piano lessons and I realized that, oh, I really love this dynamic of teacher student, you know? And then I got a job at a charter school um, in Brooklyn and I worked there for five years. So it's it's free. Like anyone could apply, anyone can get in, but they receive also private like funding, which, and that's why charter schools tend to be, not always, it depends obviously on the schools, regions, and all that stuff, but it tends to be a little bit more nicer as far as like the infrastructure of the school and like resources that are available tends to be more, um, yeah, resources tend to be more available in that kind of setting. So I was there for five years. I loved it. I lived like two blocks from the school. So I was like, I felt like a part of the community. I'm from Brooklyn. So I just felt, you know, it just, it felt right. And um, yeah, so then I went to Costa Rica and I would say the biggest difference is definitely obviously demographic. Like the school that I worked at was predominantly um, 98% students of color. Um, and so here in Costa Rica, There's a lot of students of color, but it's a very international school. So obviously here uh, in Brooklyn, it was a lot of local students that were there, right? And either like first and second generation students from different countries around the world. But the school that I'm at is a true international school. And the, the last stat that I saw from my school is that there are 45 nations represented at my school which is insane. I've never been around that many nationalities.
0: Yeah, that's good. And,
2: yeah, and the other part of it is, I mean, they're also rich. <laughs> that's the other part. Like, the school that I was at was in an urban setting. Like, there was middle-class families as well, but, you know, the kids were also kids that were living in shelters, you know, receiving pub- you know, public housing, stuff like that. So here, these kids are very well off because the school, which I remain nameless, so I don't... <laughs> but the school that I'm at, the tuition is anywhere between Fifteen and twenty thousand dollars a year per child. So it's um, and this from goes from uh, kindergarten through high school, the entire school. Actually, sorry, pre K through high school. Um, and wow. yeah,
0: I would and never yeah. pay my that much tuition. for my like pre K <laughs> child. Honestly, if my future kids are listening to this, you are going to public school, honey. <laughs> like I did it. I'm fine. <laughs> <laughs>
2: Yeah, so that's definitely crazy. That's definitely been quite a – because I, I, I'll never forget this story. I was getting to know the kids, right, first graders, mind you. And I started to ask them what do they like to do for fun. Like, what, are this, what is their favorite sport? That's my question. One kid raised his hand. He said, horseback riding. And I said, <laughs> <laughs> I said I'm kid. not in Kansas anymore. Like, <laughs> 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 yeah.
0: That's crazy. Yeah, that's
2: a lot <laughs> <laughs> yeah it definitely is so that's definitely the biggest difference
0: okay wow okay good to know good to know <laughs> so and as far as like um other teachers or just like having being employed in a different country how how has that been
2: well, like, the, and that's the, I mean, that's a big reason why I even started my podcast is the fact that I, the, immediately I noticed, like, when I went to this job fair, let me take you back up a little bit. When I went to this job fair in San Francisco to, to uh, get the job and try to find the job overseas, like, if, if I was just, take like, a random, like, percentage on, like, the people and the demographic breakdown, it was 90% white people there and 3% everybody else. And it was really shocking, and and I just happened to be in like the lobby of this hotel in San Francisco, um, and <laughs> there was like a group of just black women there. So I'm like, all right, this seems like more alike what I'm used to than versus like everywhere else that I'm seeing right now. So I just like hopped the spot there, and we just literally became friends. Like we, I've interviewed some of them on my podcast, I've traveled with a few of them uh, throughout the time, and we have like a group chat. And we kind of, like, found, like, a little, like, group that we can lean on each other because we've all noticed that there are very few um, expats, you know, people living abroad from either the United States, Canada, the UK, that are teachers of color in these schools, you know? And so for my my school, for example, there's about, like, maybe 30 expat teachers to 40. And I'm one of three teachers of color out of those expats. Wow. So, yeah. So that was kind of shocking to me. I was like, wow, like, this is kind of crazy how, like, where are these teachers of color? Like, why? Why is this the way it is? Or, you know, so um, that was inter- that was very interesting. And also the staff is also older, which um, is something I wasn't used to. Like back in my school in Brooklyn, I was, you know, I was there when I was like 24 to 28. And like the median age, I would say would be like 25 years old. There'll be a lot of people fresh out of college, you know, working in charter schools. that would just get a job and there'll be people that, that might be working three or four years. But the average like retention rate of like a teacher at a charter school, especially mine, was like two or three years tops. But the school that I'm at now, there's teachers that have graduated from that school and are working at that school. Like it is it is crazy Like to even think of like what you went here because the school's like over 50 years old. You know what I mean? So it was just, it's just a very different kind of feel to it. Teachers have been working there for like 25 years, 30 years, you know, locals and expats that have been there forever in Costa Rica, you know, that made Costa Rica their home. So it, it's been different to kind of like um, – uh, for lack of a better term, assimilate to like you know what the culture is because here I am like relatively young, I'm 29, and while I have a good conversations with my colleagues, it's they're great, but you know I can't relate to them because I don't have any kids. You know I'm not, I've already been here like right. mile, eight <laughs> months. I'm not married. You know what I mean. So it's a different feel. Like I can't just be like yo, you want to go get a drink? You know like like nah, I got to take my kid home. <laughs> <laughs> right. So it's a little bit different. <laughs>
0: So, since teaching, like, have you been traveling? And obviously, with COVID nineteen, how has that been affecting any traveling? If you um, had any plan in the future.
2: Oh my god, I didn't even want to talk about that. It's so depressing. But <laughs> 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 so um, I have. So the tra- only traveling I've done since I moved here was like back to New York, which is what people tell you a lot when you move abroad. For anyone that's listening to this, and my thing about uh, moving abroad, you will be going home more than you are are gonna be traveling. That's just just what it is. I mean, if you love your family, <laughs> if you wanna see your family. So like I was in New York for Thanksgiving and Christmas, you know? And it was fun, but you know, I was like, damn, I gotta do other things. So like what I do in my spare time in Costa Rica before COVID-19, I would just travel the country. So I've seen many beautiful places around Costa Rica that are really awesome. And um, as far as like future plans with COVID-19, so the group of teachers I just told you, we all planned a trip together to go to Kenya in the summer. So wow.
0: I'm, the only, I'm, the only
2: one who, I'm the only one who's actually bought their ticket. So this is like throwing shade to them right now. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, I'm the only one who actually got their ticket to Kenya. And that's, fr- that's flying out of New York City on July 1st. So what I'm doing is I'm just waiting to see what the airline decides to do. Because honestly, if they don't go, like I'm still going to go probably because that's just the way I am. Like I don't, I've done solo traveling. I've never been to Africa before. So that would be like very different as far as like my solo travels have been. But I'm probably I'll probably still go, so I'm uh, keeping my fingers crossed that that goes through. We'll see. But then also for my birthday, I turn thirty, the big three zero, on July twenty second, and I'm flying out to Saint Martin with a friend. And that's what, I hope that happens because I'm flying out of Costa Rica. But who knows? So these are two trips that are big deals to me. <laughs> right. And I, really, and I really hope they go through because as as you guys as well, for me. Travel is a big part of my life, so <laughs> it would be depressing to not be able to travel and share these experiences with other people. Yeah.
1: <laughs> Does Saint Martin have like are their borders open like right now? Can I have find... no idea?
2: I just know Costa Rica right now. The borders are closed in Costa Rica. I think I think they're going to reopen on April thirteenth, but that's also something that might be unlikely because the cases keep rising here, like by like 20, 30 a day. Um, but my very a super non-educated guess is that that trip to St. Martin will be cool because I'm flying out of Costa Rica. And I yeah. would think that by, by that time, things won't be that crazy here. The one I'm really worried about is the one in Kenya, you know, going because it's yeah. flying out of flying out of New York. And that's the one. And also my plan for that trip was to, since it's out of New York city, I was going to fly out to New York earlier because my school p- pays for a, a round trip every summer for me to fly back home. So I was going to schedule a trip to New York like a week before my actual flight. So I was going to pack all my stuff. That I was going to take to Kenya and just go to New York. and spend like a week with my family and then fly out to Kenya. But now I'm like, wait, that's probably not going to be a possibility. I can't be there probably late June. Yeah. You know, I probably have to be flying in there closer to the, to the date that I have to leave. So that's my hope. Uh, but yeah, we'll see how that goes.
0: Right. Wait, <laughs> can, we, can we all just take a minute to like let's put our predictions in? on when this will be over (laughs) because i don't know like i would talk to my parents they'd be like yo we gonna be in this till september (laughs) i'd be like what oh my god i don't know i think i say probably end of summer
1: yeah i
2: think don't put put that energy out there
0: (laughs) Um (laughs) I mean, i just want to take the chance to guess because Everything I had for like June, July is canceled. So I'm, that's how I am right now.
1: But we're praying things change. We are because I'm no, not trying to prediction. stay at home.
2: Yeah, me neither. This is my prediction. Honestly, I feel that by first of all, like, obviously New York City is the epicenter, right? So I'm like in contact with my family every day and like co work, former colleagues, and stuff like that, and friends. Like what I think is going to happen is that come June. Like, school's out in New York. I feel like they're, they're not going back to school. But come, like, June, the peak would have already have happened. And I think they're going to slowly start uh, lifting restrictions. Not that it's like, all right, let's go back in the streets. Like, I think sports are going to be canceled for, like, that the entire summer. You know? So I think that slowly, like, flying restrictions, I just don't see how they're going to be able to say no one can fly for the next four. I just, I just don't see that being the thing. But I think what was going to happen sense. Is, yeah, and I also think what's going to happen is that, that um, again, my super non-educated opinion here is that um, people are going to have to be tested before they fly out anywhere. So you know how, like, we have, like, this, obviously, the, the, the quarantine you need to do for two weeks. I think it's going to be a case where, you know, because they're developing tests as we speak, that there's going to be tests at the airport. So you might have to be arriving at the airport, like, five hours before your flight to be to take, a, like, a 15, 20-minute test to reveal if you got COVID, if, you, if you're positive or negative. And maybe that will determine whether you can fly or not. You know what I mean? Wow, like,
0: I didn't think about that. That's hard. <laughs> that would be a lot. Be- <laughs> but it makes sense. Like I, I could see that, but that would just ruin travel forever. <laughs>
1: <laughs>
0: but
2: no, I definitely think for the long haul, it's going to be like for the long haul, right? like a new normal kind of thing. But I don't think that things are going to be shut down for that many months. But again, this is my super optimistic, not educated opinion. <laughs>
1: all right so now let's shift the conversation we want to talk about your podcast so why did i know you said you met with like a group of black women in san francisco but um were there any other reasons why you started the podcast
2: yeah so my thing was like when i arrived in costa rica so i'll I'll tell you this very traumatic story make it really short (laughs) when i arrived to costa rica so obviously it's very you know emotionally gut-wrenching to have to pack all your things in the suitcases and leave, you know, I never, and I never, I never went away to college. So let me just say that. Cause that's a big part of it too. So I never went away to college. I grew up, I was born and raised in New York, went to school locally and all that stuff. And so I never like really experienced like, you know, uh, living outside of the state or whatever the case may be. So here I am at like, you know, leaving a pretty good paying job at 28 years old, 20, you know, I decided, all right, I'm going to go to Costa Rica. So that was a lot. So when I arrived into the country, you know, the HR persons are waiting for me outside of the airport. I arrive at um, the uh, customs, you know, and I show them my stuff and I show them my visa that I had to receive from the embassy in New York, the Costa Rican embassy in New York city. And he looks at it and she looks at it and she goes, she's like, hold on a second. So I'm like, whatever, this is normal. You know, I'm arriving to the country. She goes to the agent, another agent comes by, they look at it. And they said that my visa is expired. And I'm like, I'm like, how, what do you mean? How, how, how can it be expired? Like, I, I, first of all, I, one, I just got here. And two, like, I just got this like a couple months ago. Like, no, this date says May. And I'm like, what? So I realized that the date said May. And apparently, on these visas, I'm still not even sure to this day that you need to arrive in the country in the 60 days that you receive that actual visa in New York City. It doesn't begin the day you arrive into the country. So, mind you, I didn't go in May. I went like in July, and my flight was in August. So I'm like, wait, I'm like, that was, I didn't write that date. Like, that was like the guy that like, well, sorry, um, you can't answer the country right now. And I'm like, what? So I'm like, well, I'm like hold on a second. And my, I'm talking to them in Spanish. Am I Spanish? I'm fluent in Spanish. But again, I, I'm i not really like, I'm not fluent to the fact that I could like defend myself to customs agents in Spanish, you know? So, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and so I'm like, I'm, I'm calling the HR person on the phone. I'm like, Carla, like, yo, like talk to them. And they're on the, he's, she's on the phone. They're like, what is it? Like, this makes no sense. What are you talking about? She's like telling them. And then all of a sudden I see like, like officers coming and surround me. And I take my passport. I start taking pictures of my passport. And I'm like surrounded by like five custom agents and stuff like that. I'm like, yo, what is happening right now? I feel like a criminal. And oh I'm God. like, oh my God. And then like, and then the agent is like, just gave me the phone back. Like she was still talking. She he just gave me the phone back. He's like, I don't got to talk to her. I'm like, oh my God. I'm like no one can help me right now, and then like uh, and then literally they said actually on the very next flight, and the flight that I just arrived on was making a return trip back to Fort Lauderdale, Florida, which is it was a connection from Fort Lauderdale. So I was I was literally sent on the same flight that I had just arrived half an hour ago to go fly back to Florida and try to fly uh, back to Costa Rica the next day.
1: That that's <laughs> so traumatizing. I'm so sorry. <laughs> that never happened to
2: yeah, let me let me just tell you, I have I never experienced stress like that in my and by the, the way I deal with stress is that I have to laugh. Like I, I I I'll be honest, I did not cry. I'm not sure why I didn't cry, but I was just I guess I was like in shock at the fact that this was happening because I didn't understand what was happening and I'm like wow, this really like this this could happen like this like really okay so. Yeah, so um, thankfully the next day, it was okay. I was able to (laughs) finally enter the country. But I was flying for about 36 hours with six pieces of of luggage. And also, I brought my keyboard. I'm a musician, by the way. So I brought my keyboard. So I'm here lugging this big-ass keyboard along with six other pieces of luggage through airports. And it was just – yeah, it was something that I I wouldn't wish on my worst enemy.
1: (laughs) Yeah, no. Literally – a 24 hour flight. I want to be in tears. So 36 hours. That's way too long.
2: Yeah, it was. It was insane. So to answer your question as to why I started, <laughs> I felt I need to document my experiences. <laughs> I'm like, I need to document what's happening in my life. You know, I'm living abroad. And I also know that a lot of my friends like, you know, they never really left. You know, you have friends who grew up in your childhood and, you know, they never leave New York. You know what I mean? So, and there's not, there's not like saying that they should or shouldn't. It's just more like, I'm here. So let me talk about my experience. Like, you know me. So therefore you can see how I'm living in Costa Rica. And as I was telling you, Joy and Janelle, on my podcast is, I was looking at maybe doing like vlogging or like YouTube stuff. And I'm like, yo, I am not smart enough to do this video editing right now. This is too much. So I like, let me start with a podcast. And then I interview the people that I met because, you know, I, had, I now have friends that are in Germany, uh, Tanzania, Abu Dhabi, all over the world. And I'm like, yo, it'd be cool to get their experience on, on my podcast as well. Not just like my experience in Costa Rica, but other people of color, you know, that are living abroad, because as you know, most people know, there are not a lot of people of color actually living abroad that are expats, if you're from the States or whatever the case may be. So I wanted to like shed light on that. And like, that's actually something that I value. Like I feel representation is important. (laughs) And so, um, that's why that was like my big reason for um, starting the podcast
1: nice and so i know you have like interviews with people from literally all over the world how do you find all these people how do you find your interviewees
2: oh man that's a that's a good one so one thing that it's been uh like at first it was it was a little bit easy i i'm like all right who I know is living where, you know? So I'm like, all right, boom, check. I know those <laughs> girls in Germany. Boom, I know those girls in China. So, you know, but again, you talk about like now uh, time zone. That makes it more difficult, actually. Not even just getting the person. It's finding a time that makes sense for both of you when there's like an eight-hour difference in like where you're living, you know? And like, for example, my friend that I interviewed in China, she's 14 hours ahead of me. So like my like I had to make sure my, you know, my Friday is her Saturday, whatever the case may be. So like that's hard, you know, and um, and obviously maybe you phone connections might be, you know, like internet, all this stuff. So that makes it difficult. But as far as like people that I didn't know, it was just through connections, honestly. Like I would like put my podcast and promote it on like social media and then somebody would hit me up like, yo, I know somebody actually living in this place that would be interested. So a, a lot of the episodes that I have, I'll say maybe a good like 30% of them are people that I, I never actually met. But I met through other people, like other friends, you know, like through connections and stuff like that. Funny enough, one of my most popular episodes is called Latin America in a van. I think that's like my tenth episode. And this is a person who's living in a van with her husband and her dog and traveling all over Latin America. So my cousin sends me a uh, my older cousin sends me a message on Facebook saying, "Hey, I have a niece that's doing this," and and, and I saw a YouTube channel, and she has like five hundred thousand views on these videos. I'm like. I'm like, wait a minute, this is my second cousin. I'm like, she looks familiar. I'm like, wait, she's actually related to me. <laughs> I'm like, this is crazy. And she's actually been featured on like that page. What is it called? Dodo or something like that animal page. Like she's been featured on that. I'm like, this is crazy. So one person that I really did not know of her existence, who was my second cousin, happened to be somebody that I was connected due to somebody just listening to my podcast and, and saying that, oh, I know somebody that's definitely interested in doing what, you know, discussing what you're discussing. And also through searching through um, social media. So, like, for example, your your lovely podcast, Melanie and Miles, I was looking for podcasts that were like, yo, I want to see what's out there that's, like, similar to, like, what I'm doing, you know? And, like, maybe Instagram yeah. pages are similar to what I'm doing as well. So, thank, you know, and I, and I and I try to connect that way. Like, networking, as I'm sure you guys know as well, is a huge part of this. Especially, like, when, you know, you're trying to get it started and you try to, you know, develop a, a consistent following and stuff like that. People expect you know, the consistency to be there, right? Not like, all right, see you in a month. <laughs> you know? So like producing the content on a week-to-week basis, that's probably like, that's, that's the way I pretty much go about it.
0: Well, we are getting into our last couple of questions. We've been going strong. Um, <laughs> some funny stories in there. So... Um, <laughs> For people who may be traveling to Costa Rica in the next um, when it's going to be open, <laughs> <laughs> um, what what is your what is your favorite thing to do in Costa Rica? And do you have any like just general travel tips for um, Costa Rica?
2: Wow. Favorite thing to do in Costa Rica. That's an interesting one. As of right now, my favorite thing to do is be on my balcony. Um, but no, um, before, this whole, <laughs> before this whole COVID-19 thing happened, honestly, obviously, as Costa Rica is known for its nature. And that's what you're coming for, honestly. Like one place that I would highly recommend that anyone goes to, and it's probably the most visited place in Costa Rica anyway, is called um, Manuel Antonio National Park. And it's on the Pacific coast of the country, like two and a half hours away from uh, San Jose, from the airport. and. They have a national park. There, there's just monkeys, you know, a whole bunch of, like, different birds. Like, just a whole bunch of wildlife sloths, obviously. And the the there's, like, a little small beach there. It's like, no waves at all, just super calm water. It's almost like a bay. And it's just really, like, a really pristine and beautiful place. And you really feel like you're, like, in Jurassic Park or some shit. Like, it's 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 really cool to, like, be immersed. Like, I never asked to be in New York City. I never been immersed in as much nature as i have been since i moved to costa rica and so that's definitely one place i would recommend because i go there i try to go there maybe like once a month um also there's a place called arenal which is a volcano um la fortuna which is a volcano near um to the northwest of the country another beautiful place just hummingbirds waterfalls i mean that's what everybody comes here for right people come here for that and just the beautiful weather year round even though there is a rainy season so, which is coming up soon. So, if you're going to come to Costa Rica and you see cheap flights, it's usually because it's in the rainy season. And that means it's going to rain every single day. So, expect that. Not for the whole day, but it will rain every single day, like, afternoon showers, 100%. But um, it's just a beautiful country all year round. And people are really nice, honestly. Like, people are very, are actually really friendly. They also have adopted a very Western American culture-like which I kind of kind of hate because they play a lot of like terrible music. I feel like. <laughs> I think their, <laughs> their taste of music is like I can't really get a feel for like the Costa Rican side of things a lot of the times depending on where you go. But um, yeah, that's what I would say. I would say it's it's pretty easy to come here for a week and see two or three amazing things that you that will, will definitely take your breath away. And the sunsets here are just spectacular. Like every day I I uh, I catch the sunset from from my apartment and it's just like wow. This is pretty wow. awesome. I can't. I probably can't see us in New York right now. So, <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, that's amazing.
2: So yeah, that's pretty much that. Would be my tips for anyone trying to come to Costa Rica. Yeah.
0: Cool. Yeah, I haven't been to Costa Rica, but I have been to Panama, so their neighbors. I'm not saying that they're the same, but <laughs> as far as like <laughs> she's the- like she's
2: <laughs> like so I've done it. So <laughs> yeah, though I'm just
0: saying as far as the um, nature. I oh my gosh. I have not ever been in that much nature. I'm like not from um, <laughs> a hiking or camping background. <laughs> so <laughs> going through rainforest was a interesting experience. Anyways, yeah, enough on true. that. <laughs> <laughs>
1: All right, so where can people find you and your podcast?
2: All right, so my podcast you could find in Lemon Color Abroad on Spotify, Apple Podcast, Google Play Music. I, I use it through SoundCloud, which is funny, which most people don't go to SoundCloud. But that's where I usually the feed is coming from. So you, if you want, you can find it on SoundCloud, Stitcher as well. And as far as like my social media goes, I don't have a social media page for my podcast just yet, but I might be on that flow like you guys are. Um, but uh, you can find my social media page at A Soul Grows in BK. So, Asogros underscore NVK, kind of like the book A Tree Goes in Brooklyn. That's kind of the idea. Very clever, I know. Uh, <laughs> but uh, <laughs> that's uh, my social media handle for Instagram and uh, yeah, Facebook. I won't get that out. But yeah, you can find my Instagram page. Um, yeah, and that's where you can find me. <laughs>
0: Great. So thank you so much, Angel. This is awesome. Um, You had some crazy stories like being caught in customs. I would probably cry. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I got caught in customs in Jamaica for like 10 minutes and I was already like in tears. (laughs) Yeah, no, it's pretty Um, bad. It's
2: pretty bad. (laughs) Yeah, but
0: this was awesome. Make sure you go check out his podcast and listen to our episode on his podcast when you go listen to that. But thank you so much. um, And we can't wait to stay in touch.
2: No, for sure. Thank you for having me on. Really appreciate it. You guys are awesome.